0: Hello, this is Katherine Cunningham, and you are listening to our Natural Intelligence Worldwide podcast. Tomorrow is June 8th, World Oceans Day. So to celebrate, we're posting our first featured podcast on the oceans, entitled Oceans Matter Every Second Breath. But as many of us grew up near the ocean and love marine environments, this watery ecosystem is under siege, and we are the culprits. Even though 60% of humanity lives close to the ocean, we've successfully overfished and systemically polluted the oceans with industry and agricultural runoff, to the point that we've lost nearly 90% of marine wildlife habitat in the past century. We've trashed the oceans with nearly 2.4 million tons of plastics, mostly from 10 major world rivers. We've exploited or depleted nearly 80% of the world's marine wildlife. Thankfully, this year, the oceans have been featured across global media and protecting the oceans has become a major global priority. National governments are stepping up around the world to support the blue economy. Many countries like Ecuador, Costa Rica, Mexico, Canada, Fiji, Maldives, etc. are investing in expanding marine protected areas. Local port authorities are reeling in illegal fishing operations. Canada, the host of the 2018 G7 Summit, put oceans on top of their global agenda. Of course, we hope that Japan, host of the 2019 G8 Summit in the next weeks, will also emphasize the importance of oceans and denounce illegal whaling internationally. Further, World Economic Forum members launched the Ocean Action agenda this spring, while Friends of the Ocean Action hosted an entire day of events and luminary panels on Ocean Day at WEF in Davos with Prince Albert II of Monaco and former Secretary of State John Kerry. The newly formed Alliance to End Plastic Waste committed $1 billion to end plastic waste. This alliance comprises 30 Fortune 100 companies with a vested interest in ocean health, including Shell, ExxonMobil, Total, and Dow. Historically, only 1% of philanthropic capital has gone to ocean protection. But now, visionary leaders like Mark Benioff, chair of Salesforce, and Prince Albert II of Monaco, are leveraging their resources and network to bring more capital, technology, and science based solutions to the oceans. The new Benioff Ocean Institute is currently funding scientific explorations of the deepest, darkest challenges the ocean faces, and they're open sourcing investments for entrepreneurial solutions in those challenges. Finally, environmental groups like WWF International are teaming up with unlikely partners, technology experts, to utilize the best of drone technology, satellite, and blockchain technology to keep the fishing industry on alert and honest. Suffice to say, the ocean challenge is vast, but action to protect the oceans is just as grand and just as inspiring. Let's listen to what a few Keystone Ocean Advocates have to say about protecting our oceans and, most important, how to get involved. Welcome, Mark Benioff, Chair of Salesforce and founder of the Benioff Ocean Institute at UC Santa Barbara, Jim Leap and Marco Lambertini, the past President and Director Generals of WWF International, and Prince Albert II of Monaco, a lifetime ocean advocate and ambassador. Happy Oceans Day, everyone. Okay, so I'm here with Jim Leap from Stanford University, former CEO of WWF International, and with Marco Lambertini, who is the current CEO of WWF International. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous combination. And we're talking about oceans and the importance, the scale, and the opportunity of really taking
1: action on the oceans. Taking sustainability to the next level.
0: Taking sustainability to the next level and in collaboration with technology to be our partners in solutions. So you shared with us today this really interesting little device that you could insert into fish. Could you share with us the importance of identifying the province of the fish and how, when you can do that from source to table, how you're able to actually give consumers an opportunity to choose. The to right choose. Thing. Well, for their own health. Absolutely. To know where their fish are coming from. To know what sure. plastics could be, right. you know, integrated into the flesh of the fish. Speak on this technology yeah, no, th- to this
1: Yeah, this is uh, actually technology that could potentially advance a lot in our quest uh, for uh, seafood sustainability. Traceability of seafood is, is a fundamental dimension of the seafood sustainability. And basically this is based on a RFID as they call it, a, a radio frequency identity tag, which is a little tag that is uh, put into the fish on the boat when the fish is caught a few minutes immediately. And it sends through this radio frequency system, it sends uh, digital information about when, how, where the fish has been caught into the internet there is a blockchain system that freezes it so make it secure right. uh, and as the fish moves from business to business from the boat to the harbour from the harbour to the sailor the identity is maintained but passed and so it's tracked until it reaches uh, the point where the fish is actually sliced and packaged and at that point, the RFID, Radio Frequency Identity Tag, is transferred, but the same as Digital Identity, is transferred on a r- normal QR tag, which is basically one of these little things that you find on all the package, and you can scan. And so, when you go to the supermarket and you scan that tag with your mobile phone, a particular application, and it's downloadable for free, you can actually have all the information about the fish that you are about to buy. Where it's coming from, where it's been fished, blah, blah, blah. And of course, we as WBF, uh, help also to verify that the location where the fish is caught is not in the protected areas and all the rest. But there are many other applications about also human rights, slave and, and child labor in all the rest. So it could provide consumers with a wealth of information that could finally inform our choices when we buy stuff. Right.
0: We also know that ocean health is very closely tied to human health and that this is becoming a very important issue for society and so for me what I think is really exciting about well the scale of the problem is so extreme it really requires us to think boldly, bravely and brilliantly and if I could turn to Jim Leap and your work now at Stanford and I know Blockchain for the Earth if you could just elaborate on what Marco was sharing about the the extraordinary opportunity we have in this fourth industrial revolution to take that technology and use it as a source for good, the digital identity is one, and I know if you could combine uh, different technologies, if you could speak about the importance of using different technologies, drone technologies to be able to survey the, the satellites, and then also, as you were suggesting, how you could actually think more boldly about working with governments and in essence, encouraging them to block their ports for those illegal fishing operations.
2: So, so what Marco is talking about is a breakthrough in traceability in this sector, which allows you to know exactly where and when the fish you bought was caught. And that traceability is the foundation then for transparency, because right. Right? then you add on to that information about, okay, how was it caught? And was it legal where it was caught? And how were the crew treated? And technology is increasingly giving us the capability to answer those questions as well. Whether it's satellite technology that allows us to track vessels on the water and know where they are fishing and when they're fishing illegally, or it is increasingly technology on boats. And so that will be, of course, video technology, processed by artificial intelligence so that you can handle millions of hours of footage. But uh, but that is clearly on the horizon. And if you put all those things together, then you really begin to bring radical visibility into the fisheries sector and allow buyers to buy with confidence that they know what they're getting. That then enables two things. I mean, one is companies to act on their convictions and, in fact, make sure that they're only buying fish that was legally caught and, over time, fish that was sustainably produced, because they will have that information available to them. As companies move in that direction, we also see the potential for governments to step up and do their part. And if companies are saying, we're only going to buy fish that was legally sustainably caught, and governments are saying, we're only going to let you land your fish at port, if it were, you can establish it was legally caught. Then you can actually begin to close the net around illegal fishers and make sure they have nowhere to go. Brilliant. Yep, lots of potential there. I'm
0: really proud to be part of this environment. We're just really, we're moving in the right direction. Thank yeah. you for
2: your leadership. All right. Thanks for the time. All right. Nice to see you here.
0: Great to see you here. Thank you, Mark Benahoff, for your comments at this press conference on innovation, technology, AI for good. Thank you also for your investment good. in uh, ocean Oh, yeah. Ocean the ocean work.
3: thing is going really well here. So We have to work on the ocean. We have to work on the climate.
0: How can we use the Ocean Institute to attract more philanthropic capital? We're
3: doing that here. We're running programs to introduce Friends of Ocean Action, which we introduced one year ago here in this very room to others to explain to them the huge amount of impact we've had only in just a year. Of course, the biggest impact is the G7, who was here last year at this time, got some incredible motivation and inspiration from Friends of Ocean Action and prioritized it as one of the major initiatives this year for the G7, the first time the ocean has ever been a priority for them. I think all of us have to make the ocean a priority. We have major issues with the ocean, including Uh, ocean acidification, which is number one issue because it's coming from the hotter, as the world gets hotter, the ocean is getting more acid. Mm-hmm. We also have major issues still with overfishing. Of course, we also have um, too much plastic in the ocean, more plastic than fish by 2050. That has to end. You know, plastic is becoming the nuclear waste of our generation where it's not going away, it's not getting recycled. And we also have uh, coral bleaching. We have many issues that we have to address and yet there's the opportunity to make the ocean better with Fourth Industrial Revolution technologies, but also there's the potential to make the ocean worse. If you don't know about seabed mining, which is the idea that there's going to be these autonomous vehicles that are going to be roaming the ocean bottom looking for precious minerals, creating toxic plumes that will you know potentially kill all the wildlife as they as they go up that are you know somewhat unregulated run by private organizations it's an example where for i technologies could be used potentially to harm the ocean. so what it, technology as i said is not good or bad it's what we do with the technology that matters and we need to be paying attention to that now ceos need to wake up you know as we see government leaders Everybody here, we have to like realize this is the time we need to take action, and that that's why I really um, like this conference and like to see things move forward. Fantastic! Here.
0: And how important are consumers to this whole equation? Because if you think about it, if we could mm-hmm. use digital technology, so digital identity, for example, mm-hmm. to track which ships are coming mm-hmm. to port with mm-hmm. certain province of fish, yes. then if people yes. had that information yes. when they were buying their right. fish, then they wouldn't buy that fish and And also
3: of course you have marine protected areas where you can't fish right we need better surveillance of those marine protected areas things like low-hanging satellites things like sensors and lidar on the ships even protecting whale strikes that's a major opportunity where these ships are killing whales because they don't have a lidar or or a radar on them, or even a even a drone that's following the the, the ship, so that the captain can make an evasive uh, maneuver. These are all opportunities in the fourth industrial revolution. Also, we need to stop whaling and killing these you know gorgeous creatures. Thank you so much, Thank Mark. You. I really thanks. appreciate thanks you thanks very much. For being here and Thank all the work you.
0: you do. I'm here with Prince Albert II from Monaco, and I just have one question for you, uh, Prince Albert, and that is. You know, known each other for a number of years. You've been committed to the Arctic and ocean mm-hmm. for decades. What is it that inspires you to continue to move, and, and what's the root of this passion? Can you speak to that?
4: Well, first of all, happy Ocean Day to everybody. Very simply, of course, it's partly what my passion for oceans and, and ocean conservation comes from family heritage. Uh, my great-great grandfather started the Oceanographic Museum in Monaco and the Oceanographic Institute in Paris. My father father also was very committed to different programs in the Mediterranean to save marine mammals for a better surveillance of coastal areas and so forth. And so I, I just, aside from enjoying different times on cruises on the Mediterranean or simply doing water sports or diving in the Mediterranean and in, on other oceans around the world, I just developed a this passion, and, and, and also by talking to scientists and talking to different stakeholders on, on ocean-related issues, uh, it became very very clear to me that although I, I, my, my foundation does uh, take uh, into consideration other environmental issues on, on land, the ocean is key for our survival on this planet. And so we, we absolutely have to develop new ways and, and new solutions to uh, not only in terms of ocean conservation, but in terms of understanding the, the different mechanisms that the different ecosystems in our oceans can help us survive
0: brilliant thank you so much for your time thank you, you very know much. it really feels that it really starts with the heart mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. and with experience in nature I and mean, what a perfect segue into David Attenborough's final message about it's all about caring for the ocean or caring for the environment for nature because essentially we protect that which we love absolutely thank you. Please also tune into future Natural Intelligence Worldwide podcasts where you will hear more about ocean action and ocean protection. Thank you for joining us every Wednesday and Friday morning at 9am GMT. You can find us at naturalintelligence.com and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you.